I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. You've done it. I've done it. I'd even bet my lucky socks on this that every single one of us has done it. But wait, done what? I'm talking about blowing cash on crazy purchases we probably don't need so desperately, and then trying really hard to rationalize those hefty bills with some truly absurd but oh so lovely mathematics. And in the internet lingo, we call this crafty art, girl math, or boy math. Okay, let me give you an example of how boy math works. So, a businessman from Alaska told the Wall Street Journal that he was hesitant to buy a four hundred dollar bike, but then he did some math. So, if he rides the bike four hundred times, it would only cost him one dollar a ride, and that in any world is a great deal, right? Now, let's talk about girl math. A college-going eighteen-year-old girl told the newspaper that she thinks that the cost of clothing should be broken down by cost per wear. Now, you may laugh at the absurdity of this. But this hits very close to home because hear me out. My mother was fuming when she found out that I had bought a kurta for fifteen thousand rupees. Now to convince her that it was worth it, I unleashed on her the power of mathematics. So if I wear the kurta to just fifteen weddings, it would only cost around thousand rupees per wedding. And honestly, that is totally justifiable, mom. But just that I'm not too sure if I'll be invited to fifteen weddings anytime soon. But anyway. Given so many people on the internet are discussing this illogical shopping math, I reckon it is actually a very common consumer behavior, and businesses knew it well before it became the internet trend. Some consumers see those cheeky ninety-nine cent price tags and immediately think to themselves, "Now that's a sweet deal." And anyway, don't companies fool you all the time with their shopping threshold to save on delivery fees? And ironically, to save hundred bucks on shipping, you end up spending an extra five hundred bucks. And I honestly think if the great mathematician Ramanujan were here with us today, he'd have been really impressed with this extraordinary leap of math. However, one researcher had an interesting comment, and I'm reading it out here. No matter what you call it on the internet, be it boy math or girl math, in the end, it's just dumb math. And to that, I will go all Gen Z and say. Madam researcher Delulu is the only Sodulu. For the next few minutes you're going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello I'm Manaswini and this is the deep dive for October 13th 2023. Luxury brands are usually the ones setting trends, but at the moment, the best they can do is gracefully navigate the currents of the market. Reuters reported that Europe's luxury 10 index, which comprises companies such as Kering, Hermes, and LVMH, posted its most significant decline since 2020. Reportedly, the combined value of these 10 luxury companies has declined by 175 billion dollars. LVMH, the world's largest luxury company, has witnessed a 6% drop in its shares on Wednesday according to the Wall Street Journal and to add salt to the injury LVMH has also lost its title of Europe's most valuable company to Novo Nordisk the Danish maker of wildly successful diabetes drug Ozempic and its weight loss counterpart Vigovi this basically signals the beginning of the Ozempic era 
But anyway, LVMH reported a sales growth of 9% for the most recent quarter, which might seem like a lot until you compare it to the 17% increase it had recorded in the previous quarter. It seems that the post-pandemic glory days of luxury brands are now in the past. After the pandemic, the luxury industry had experienced a significant boom. According to estimates by UBS, an investment banking company, luxury brands were only able to increase prices by an average of 1.2% over the four years leading up to the pandemic. However, last year, prices rose by an average of 8%. Now, clearly, people were in the mood to splurge after COVID. In fact, LVMH's fashion and leather goods division is now 80% larger than it was in the third quarter of 2019. But now, as lockdown savings are over and inflation and interest rates are rising, the luxury industry's adrenaline seems to be wearing off in its three biggest markets, the United States, Europe and China. According to Reuters, credit card data from the US showed luxury fashion spending was down 16% year over year in July and August. On the other hand, retail spending in the European Union was also down 2% in the second quarter from a year earlier, while revenue growth slowed to 7% in the third quarter as compared with 19% in the second. Now coming to China, it was a lighthouse to the luxury industry as it navigated increasingly choppy waters elsewhere. Pandemic restrictions were lifted in China only in January 2023 and the industry hoped to capitalize on the growing affluent class as well as the expected post-pandemic growth. The predictions were also quite optimistic. Euromonitor, a market research company, had predicted that this year, the personal luxury market in China is set to grow by an average of 11.5% by 2026. But underlying problems with the Chinese economy have grounded these high hopes. Globally, high prices, which affects US and European consumers, are impacting China as well. Property debts are taking their toll on consumer spending habits, with the Wall Street Journal reporting a large decline in traveling and international purchases. And according to the Economic Times, with China's luxury consumers being younger than most across the world, which is usually seen as a positive indicator of growth, high rates of unemployment are making it harder for luxury brands to establish a solid consumer base. Meanwhile, as they take a hit abroad, luxury brands are turning to India's elites. According to Reuters, leading luxury companies like LVMH, Kering and Rishmore are set to open up stores in Mumbai's Geo World Plaza, Reliance's new luxury mall. The Economic Times also reported that designer brands like Versace, Balenciaga and Armani are also in ties with Reliance as it attempts to set up its luxury venture, Swadesh, a brand of stores focusing on ethnic handicrafts. The growing interest of luxury brands in India also comes at a time when India is set to nearly double its number of millionaires from the current 800,000 to 1.4 million by 2026. According to Euromonitor, India's personal luxury market is set to expand almost 12% year-on-year between 2022 and 2026. After all, with so much money in so few hands, where else will it go? Now, considering all of this, it's apparent that the luxury market may not globally sustain the exceptional momentum it has enjoyed over the past few years, even as it grows in India. And as analysts at Bain told the Financial Times, growth in the luxury segment is likely to return to closer to its pre-pandemic historical average of around 6%. And before we sign off for the week, here is our third segment, One Last Thing where we bring to you an offbeat story that you won't find in the headlines. 
the Google's latest phone, Pixel 8, there's an AI feature built into the camera. It's called Best Take. What Best Take helps you do is replace frowns and closed eyes to produce that perfect photo that you were craving for, all in a matter of seconds. It means now you can make people smile in a photograph even when they were not. It's important to note that Best Take doesn't really create new smiles or expressions. Instead, it scans your snaps from a few seconds and suggests alternatives for each face it spots. You choose the one you like and it skillfully blends it with your original picture using AI magic. You know, it's like using instant Photoshop. But the thought that we'll soon wield one-tap, no-skill required Photoshop tools on our phones, some of them even better than Google's best take, sounds pretty dystopian to me. And that's because we're about to flood Instagram with AI-tweaked pictures. And before you know it, our shared memories will be nothing but fake images of a bunch of make-believe moments that never really happened. And honestly, what use will such photographs be? If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at the rate thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IBM. The episode was written and researched by Dhruv Sharma and Anoop Sembal, edited by Dinesh Narayanan, produced by me, mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. 